windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Hunter Muscaro, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. These Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got game him. Winner. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Thursday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. Another great edition of Sandos and the Sidekick. We'll preview ETSU women's basketball tonight, 7 p.m., 6.30 airtime on the Buccaneer Sports Network. It's Western Carolina hosting ETSU. We'll also talk to Crazy Coach. Several things we got to get to him and mystery guest time again. Not telling. Not, Not telling. even a hint. No. All right. We'll Has anyone ever got. stopped to think that uh, when they look at the tweet, they're just able to see that – it is actually spoiled in the preview of the show. I think that's part of the running joke that I'm trying to go after is that, yeah, you know, I'm not going to reveal who the guest is, even though we do so in the description of the show and also on Twitter and Facebook. Well, I I'm still going with it. I, <laughs> I enjoy the mystery. I enjoy too. Uh, sometimes I do. Actually, sometimes I don't. Not going to lie to you. Not going to lie to you. Tell you what I am excited about. ETSU women's basketball coming down the home stretch. They play Western Carolina. Of course, you. I was on the road, had to listen in. I was dialed in and got a chance to listen to that last bit of the game, including overtime. And I thought nobody could top uh, the day Erica Haynes-Overton had, but Smalls wasn't so Smalls. Jules Smalls with 32 large in that one. Yeah, and it could have been 35, and, well, I suppose that would have changed her outcome in overtime. But point being, the game did come down to, for those that may have forgotten it, and I don't know how you possibly could forget how that game unfolded. If you were there, if you were listening, if you were watching, Jewel Smalls with the score tied at 70, hits a 35-footer fading away out of bounds, going away from the basket. As time expires, there are .5 seconds on the clock. She gets the inbounds pass and shoots just a desperation heave that would have given Western Carolina their first Southern Conference win of the year. Instead of that counting, as it was ruled on the floor, the referees go to the monitor, they go to the stopwatch even, to see if it was possible to get the shot off in the amount of time that the video showed that she uh, was able to, and they ruled no, in fact, that the clock started late. The call was overturned. ETSU, credit to them, made the most of overtime, 18 points, outscoring Western by eight in that span. 88-80 to 80 was the final. And Erica Haynes-Overton was a beast. There's no doubt that she's the one that really forced overtime because she was fouled on a jump shot from the free throw line with .5 seconds to go, five-tenths on the clock. Hits both free, both free throws, just ice in her veins. 31 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, 11-12 from the line, nine of 18 from the field. And Jewel Smalls, you mentioned it, 35 points, five rebounds, three assists. She has struggled, though, since then, as have Western Carolina. You wonder 
if and I say struggle, obviously Western Carolina is one to struggle. You can just look at the win loss in the Southern Conference, but struggle even more so than they have. Statistically struggle more than they did against ETSU. They're averaging forty four points per game in their last five. Jewel Smalls shooting the ball at a twenty seven percent clip. So it's been a tough go of it and you wonder if ETSU wasn't the one that sent them into this tailspin. Well, and that's got to be such a backbreaker. They hadn't yes. won a, a, a conference game all season. They're sitting there thinking at one uh, quick, literally blip, half a second, bam, they've won a game. They go to the monitor. It's taking forever. You know, that's usually not a good sign. For them. For them. And then uh, all of a sudden, it's no good. It's wiped off. Then you've got to try to recover. Then you lose the game. And you can certainly see how that would be tough. That has to feel like that was our one shot to right the ship. It didn't. Now they get a couple of games at home against ETSU, obviously tonight, then Chattanooga on Saturday. But uh, I think the first few minutes may dictate this. And uh, will Western Carolina have this game circled and, and will throw everything at ETSU because they felt like, and of course reading their postgame comments, they felt like they got robbed? And Or is it a situation where they have packed it in and it's just a, just a bone-crushing tailspin that you cannot recover from? And so, uh, we'll, you know, I think we'll know fairly early on in the contest in Cullowee tonight if which team is going to show up. And then, of course, you almost had one of your bold predictions, at least one of two, because Haynes Overton was awfully close mm. to a triple-double. Mm. Not just the 31, but she had eight rebounds, including four offensive boards, seven assists, and three steals in that contest as well. Nine of 18 shooting. A couple of the bucks and double figures with Mike Sheets and Kaya Upton. So uh, a lot riding in this game, not just for Western Carolina and Pride trying to get off the schneid of an 0-for-12 start to the Southern Conference season, but the standings are just really jumbled and a lot of tie-breaking situations we'll, we'll know better and of course for ETSU I think it's very simple they just need to worry about winning there is a weird outside possibility and trust me I've crunched some numbers for two days that and they would have to have perfect results yes. but they could get to a two seed yes they could still get without a whole lot going uh, awry they could get to a three seed more than likely depending on who wins and loses they'll be in that four or five matchup either as the four or the five but certainly there's still some things to play for and i and if things went south i don't um they can't drop i don't think below six but i think it's going to be more realistic they're going to be in that four or five matchup but they need to take care of business because i think they need to get rolling going into the southern commerce tournament i would say that they're most likely to be in that four or five i think i'd agree with you on that right now six and six a game behind wofford and chattanooga and then two games behind Furman. it's impossible to tell what they need to happen in order to get to that two seed because depending on what happens with the three teams above them it could be a two-way tie a three-way tie or a four-way Four -way tie, tie so right. it's really difficult to to do the tiebreakers for this situation because when you get into multi-team ties and such things kind of change a little bit so Wofford and Chattanooga uh, you certainly wouldn't put it past them to win both of their final games uh, one of their final games and possibly with Wofford and the late game struggles that they've had a lot of the conference season lose both ETSU hop above them um, if you're looking at the sixth seed if ETSU gets to the three and then does play the six you're looking at either UNCG or Sanford and UNCG of course the final game on Saturday for ETSU after they face Western Carolina but I think I would agree that you're looking at probably the four or five in the most likely of scenarios I think and I'll say this I will have a full breakdown tomorrow I will make it my mission I've already done a lot of math so it'll be a lot more clear it, it will it, it uh the possibility now it could also be just as jumbled because if thought as I mentioned the perfect results happened to keep the two seed in play that means 
everything would still be jumbled up enough to where uh, more possibilities could happen. If the thing, perfect scenario, doesn't go for ETSU, then it will be a lot easier. There'll probably be one or two games that'll dictate where the seeding and, and, and what would happen there. On the same thing sort of for the men's side. It, it's pretty simple math. If ETSU can win Saturday, uh, you know, then it depends on what Furman does. You know, if they don't win on Saturday, it's pretty simple math. They're the four seed regardless. So uh, theirs is a, uh, a little bit more clear, but it still depends on what Furman does on the road with two road games. And we're not likely to know a lot more about Furman's situation tonight because they're at Mercer. And obviously that's a huge game in the Southern Conference. Numbers one and two in the league right now. Mercer has not lost a conference game still to this day. Then Saturday they're at Sanford. That's where I think that they probably lock up the two seed. I know Buck fans remember Sanford putting up 79 on ETSU in Birmingham. But that's that was the exception, Sanford. right? That, yeah, that, that's yeah. not Sanford. That was a team just playing out of its mind that day. So I think Furman probably does do that. If they do not, though, ETSU does have all that to play for. You mentioned that Western Carolina, they're playing to get off the shot. They've lost 17 Southern Conference games in a row. So clearly there's always something to play for for them when they do step on the court. Outside of that, though, there's not much motivation to put your best foot forward over these last couple games aside from let's get this thing headed in the right direction, try to put together our best uh, our best effort over these last two games so we can have some continuity going into the postseason. They're 0-12 in the league, 4-23 overall, only two Division One wins. So Western, while they present some challenges, clearly ETSU saw that with Jewel Smalls having the big game that she did against ETSU the first time around. This is a game that is much like uh, UNCG had at Western Carolina last Saturday. They were trying to get off the schneid for road wins because they hadn't won a game away from their home gym either. They did that, beat them 66-42. to 42. So there's a comparable situation and scenario that ETSU sees from just one week ago. This is a game that the Bucks should win on the road. It's not going to be easy, I don't think, because Jewel Smalls does have that game-wrecking ability. Uh, but Western Carolina just struggles. They lost eight in a row. We know that. So Brittany Azell is going to have them ready to play, I'm quite sure. And if things early on start to go Western Carolina's way, I don't actually worry about that a ton, simply because ETSU has shown the propensity to come back regardless of what portion of the game it is. Well, and uh, I, they and that's two snides, right? I like saying the word snide today, yeah. apparently. But uh, ETSU hasn't went on the road. West Carolina hasn't won a game. Obviously, something has to, to get. It has to. Somebody has Huge to win. Matchup. There is no tie. So I think if ETSU, if they can jumpstart themselves, and again, they've played very well in Nashville under head coach Brittany Ezell. They've gotten a couple championship games. Uh, this is a wide-open league. I think we've at nausea maybe uh, have mentioned that on the women's side. Yeah. On the on the men's side, it's wide open. It's just shortened to four teams where I really seriously think five or six teams in the women's side, I, I could easily make a case that they could go in there and win. Certainly Mercer's a favored team. But I don't think it's like it was last year. And, and they just now, Mercer, cracked the uh, mid-major top 25 on the women's side. Wow. So not even all of mid-major basketball is believing uh, that Mercer's that cut and dry in the Southern Conference either. 6.30 airtime, ETSU Western Carolina. And again, tomorrow we'll recap that game. We'll preview Saturday. We'll have as, as many tie-breaking formulas as we need to give you, as there will be. And, of course, it'll be a little easier after the ball game tonight. The only thing that I think could hurt ETSU tonight is if Western Carolina is just furious after that first loss and sees the blue and gold across from them and it's just got them seeing red and playing out of their mind much like Sanford played now, out of their mind. And That's again, my one I, I could certainly I could certainly see that because they had their one win that they thought, you know, kind of ripped away from them. Uh uh so I I could see them having it circled there's a little bit extra uh, uh 
adrenaline and juice going into that contest and Western Carolina maybe uh, trying to make ETSU pay for what they feel like was a game that they got robbed in. So certainly could see that being a possibility. Hopefully ETSU comes out early, sets the tone, and then I think it'll die down from there. I think, uh, again, the more you let Western Carolina hang around, the more dangerous they are. If you can put them away early, then I think they tend to, to not finish games as well. That'll do it for our first segment. Uh, mystery guest, uh, no, no, still nothing? No. Okay. And then after that, crazy coach. So uh, we'll be back with you right after this short timeout. Sandus and sidekick on the back in here. Sports Network. It's funny how things can multiply, like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet. Or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning and you're a half hour late to work. Uh, come on. But good things come from multiplying, too, like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead, enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Food City is excited for another thrilling basketball season with the ETSU Buccaneers. Even when slicing up the finest cuts of beef, selecting the freshest produce, or preparing the sweetest baked goods, we live and breathe navy and gold. So go get them, Bucks. On your quest for a Southern Conference championship and beyond, Food City is with you every step of the way. Food City, official supermarket of ETSU Athletics. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Trick Daddy, Tram, the insult comic dog, 
That seemed like it across most parts of the country with the Februarys that a lot of the nation had, but it is baseball season. Major League Baseball spring training is here. Games are underway, and we've got a mystery guest this week that is at one of the spring training sites covering a team that many around our area are quite attached to. It's Gabe Burns from the big paper in the Braves' hometown, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Gabe is on the Braves' beat all year. His work and plenty of it at AJC.com. That's AJC.com, and you can find him in Florida at the moment. Gabe, thanks so much for taking some time. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Well, we appreciate the time. What's the vibe and feel of the club been like this first week or so? And also, without making us too jealous, how is kissing me this time of year? Well, uh, the, I can't complain about the weather at all. You know, down here in Florida, you never know when it's going to be too hot or too humid. It's going to rain randomly. But so far, I mean, it's really been about the best you could draw it up. Uh, little, Just a little bit of rain here and there, Most of, mostly overcast. When a lot of these guys are taking BP, so that's kind of nice when we go out there to watch. Um, as far as the vibe, man, uh, this team finally feels – you look at last year, I think this was a confident group last year that they, they thought they were a lot better than most of the projections, and it turns out they were right. This year, you know, I think they know that they're being projected to be a little bit worse than they were a year ago, but they don't feel they don't feel that's the case at all. They they have kind of a new con, newfound confidence – that naturally comes when you're a young team that makes the playoffs. I mean, they feel like they belong in the conversation with the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Brewers of the world. They feel like their goal this season isn't just to make the playoffs, it's to get in there actually make up for what happened last year. That's win a playoff series. So while there's been a lot of kind of skepticism outside of the building I mean this team is kind of brimming with confidence let's talk about those projections just a bit you mentioned the playoffs first time for the team since 2013 lost in the divisional series to the aforementioned Dodgers on the wrong side of a five-game World Series was LA against the world champion Boston Red Sox 90 wins last year for Atlanta odd shark has the over under at 84 and a half wins this year despite the signing of Josh Donaldson Ronald Acuna's presumed first full season in the show Freddie Freeman coming off a year where he led the NL in hit and doubles and hit for 300 for a third straight season. To what do we owe the projection decline, Gabe? It can't all be because people think Nick Markakis is old. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I think it goes to say what people thought of the NL East last year. I, th- I think when you look at this division, you see the Mets improve greatly. You've seen the Phillies improve greatly with or without Bryce Harper. And I think people believe Washington's going to bounce back. They finished with 82 wins last year. Most people thought that their talent was closer to 90. And typically, these things kind of correct themselves. So this year, and I, I would agree with that, I think that they're going to be closer to 90 than they are 82 this time around. But it also it also kind of casts doubt on the Braves and that last year was a bit of an overachievement. And look, I mean, it's quite possible that was the case. You had Charlie Culberson break out with a career year. You touched on Nick Markakis. You had, you had contributions from even guys like Chad Sabatka down the stretch just coming into the bullpen and making a difference. And, of course, you've got Ozzie Albies, Ronald Acuna blows up. And for the most part, the team had a lot of fortune when it came to health. Acuna did miss a month, but mostly they were on the fortunate end of you know staying healthy, not having to worry about 
who to replace. And when they did, they had a guy like Culberson to kind of step in. So I think the overall body of work they're looking at, maybe a little bit of regression from some of the Braves, along with a better NL East and probably better National League in general. Um, obviously, the Cardinals got a lot better. The Rockies are still solid. Uh, San Diego, adding Machado, of course, they're going to be more in the picture than they've been in a decade. So overall, I mean, it's easy to see how you could come together with, you know, maybe this Braves team takes a step back. Because, again, development is not a linear thing. It, it's entirely possible that they can go from 90 wins to 85 this year to 95 the next year. Things don't really work out like you're going upstairs. So I, I do think that's going to be interesting to see. But, again, stressing this team does not feel like there's a regression in place at all. Is there too much or not enough being made of the Josh Donaldson signing? Last year he had eight home runs, 23 RBI in a year. He played just 52 games. But prior to that, we're talking 30-plus home runs and an MVP over the last three years. Yeah, nobody's going to deny that that was a little – you know, there's risk involved there, even though it is a one-year deal. He's really the, the he's really the lone external improvement the Braves added if we were to call going from Suzuki to McCann a wash – then Donaldson's kind of the biggest difference maker from the outside, and I think that the Braves kind of having a quiet offseason is another reason that those projections aren't as kind. So it really depends on what you think of Donaldson. We're, we're kind of we're waiting to see. He's making his debut this Friday. He hasn't played yet. And we're waiting to see how his cab reacts, how his, how his shoulder can react, you know, just to make sure that he's ready to roll. Because, again, when this guy was healthy, he's one of the top shit hitters in the game. And I understand he's getting older. But he, he, he'll certainly have no shortage of motivation this year. And if he's healthy, he's the type of guy who can completely transform a pennant race. So it does feel like he's being overlooked, even though you can't acknowledge that there is a level of risk here because if he ends up going down for a significant period of time, yes, they have Johan Camargo to come in. But that would kind of hurt their odds, That obviously, just because – that was kind of your one big move to change things up a bit here. And so you're kind of putting a lot of eggs into one basket. Let's talk about the Brian McCann signing. It sure seems like a win-now move, or to maybe look at it a different way, perhaps a stopgap, if nothing else. A really cool story, nonetheless, to have him back in Atlanta. You mentioned it in a piece that came out two days ago. The Tyler Flowers-McCann combo could help Atlanta get to Wilson Contreras' brother, William, who I had a chance to see in the Appalachian League in 2017, broadcasting a few of his games when Elizabethan would play Danville. And he certainly stood out in a league that year that was loaded with catchers, Jorman Rodriguez in Toronto system, Reina Silva, who was in Minnesota's system now with Seattle, Ronaldo Hernandez in Tampa's system, Julio Rodriguez in St. Louis system, list goes on, but anyway, you have to figure that if Flowers and McCann fill the gap this year, they may have to do it again next year, or Atlanta may have to figure something else out, because it would appear, Gabe, since he hasn't stepped foot in double-A yet, the Contreras is still a couple of years out. He, he might be, but the organization loves how he's developing, they love his makeup, they see him as a guy who could be one of the five most five most well-rounded catchers in the sport which mm. is really saying something especially in today's game where you can basically count on one hand the elite two-way catchers it's kind of a it's a position that it's really rare to find what you know even what brian mccann was in his prime you know obviously buster posey that's why so much was made of jt Romuto this winter when miami decided to start shopping him because it's just it's ridiculously difficult to find a guy like that, but the Braves feel like they have one. 
And yeah, I mean, is he probably a year, maybe a year and a half away on an optimistic timeline? Yes. McCann and Flowers are on one-year contracts. So, I mean, of course, the Braves are going to probably need to go the stopgap route again uh, in 2020, but I don't think they're too worried about it. I, I think that if Contreras de- develops the way they wanted to, then he could be up, you know, next season. Uh, not necessarily start the season, but they haven't really shied away from promoting these guys aggressively. And hmm. Catcher is the kind of position that you do want to be careful with because there's a lot of responsibility there that goes beyond simple, you know, how his offense develops and how he can stop past balls and whatnot. But this guy is on his way to becoming quite possibly the top position player in this system. And it's, it's really just uh, – it's a good position for them to be in because when you do have so much pitching, we've made a little bit about, you know, how, how is the position player depth, you know, who are these guys besides pitchers? You talk about a guy like Christian Pache or whatever, who's, you know, it, or Austin Riley, of course. But Contreras might end up being the best out of all these guys. So it's really exciting for the Braves that they managed to find a gym like this who their catching coach, Sal Fasano, does compare with the prime buster posies and JT Romutos of the world. You can read that piece at AJC.com. A couple of general ones to close us out here, Gabe. What are the big battles at the big league level Braves fans should be watching for throughout the next month? Well, uh, the good news is the Braves are mostly uh, full on their roster. You kind of We have a general idea of what it's going to be. There's not that many open spots, which that's what happens when your team gets better and you actually have a playoff caliber roster. I would say, obviously, uh, the fifth rotation spot is going to get the most attention, even though all of these guys are going to be making starts throughout the year. It's not to say if Tuki Toussaint wins the fifth starter job that Max Freed, Luis Gohara, Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson, a lot of these guys are not going to be able to get other starts. They will. So the team will have essentially a sixth rotation spot. Uh, so guys like Sean Nuke can continue pitching on extra rest which is an area that really helped them through uh, the 162-game grind last year. I would say, too, with Mike Soroka now a little bit behind, Tukey is a clear favorite there. It would definitely be an upset if he was not the fifth starter entering, entering the year. And then you just look at the last bullpen spot, or the last bench spot. Adam Duvall, so far, has not done much this spring. They're playing him every day. They're going to try to get him going a little bit. I mean, there's always a chance that he just doesn't make the team. They get out of it, and they add somebody from another organization like they did with Ryan Flaherty and Peter Borges last year uh, coming off of spring. So I would keep an eye on maybe some potential bench options, maybe one of these guys, younger guys or one of the veterans in camp, plays well enough to earn that last spot over Adam Duvall, or Duvall ends up proving his value there too. And, And the last thing would just be the bullpen. I think for the most part we know the guys in there, but there's... You know, there's two, three, I mean, maybe, maybe four, depending on, what you know, business health or something, where you're looking at, you know, maybe a competition for the bullpen. So, but they do have a lot of depth there. They're in a great position as far as that goes. Everyone's going to bring up Craig Kimbrell. You know, if that ended up happening, obviously that would be a big deal and that would impact the bullpen significantly. But just keeping an eye on those few possible open bullpen spots would probably be the last thing. Final one, outside of Contreras, anyone that isn't going to start the year on the big league roster that people should get excited about you'd like to bring up? Uh, Drew Waters, 20-year-old uh, 20, 20 outfielder, um, Atlanta product. He, uh, he, it's going to be 
one I mean one Braves coach was saying that he could be a candidate for a, a Cunha style rise. Well, wow. so, I mean maybe it won't even be a maybe a one more year kind of thing. We'll see. I mean, I'm really reluctant to put those kind of tags and expectations on these kind of guys. But this kid, he's got a really pure swing. He's got a ton of power. He's going to keep packing on weight. He's got a little bit of a thin frame, so he's going to be able to keep putting in weight, generating more power. He looks he looks like he's going to be a really, really good player. And he's not even the guy that we've talked that much about. He was taken in the second round um, two drafts ago. So... <laughs> It just feels like as more of these guys kind of graduate, the Braves just continue to churn out uh, guys in the lower levels who just keep coming up. So I, I would definitely keep an eye on Drew Waters because he might not be as far away as some of us think. Gabe Burns, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, AJC.com for all his work. Gabe, enjoy the sunshine. Thanks again. Yeah, sure thing. Thanks. That's Gabe Burns, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Great breakdown of Braves baseball. Season opener, at least in the regular season, is about a month away. Got a long way to go until then. A lot of storylines to watch for, and he helped us get a better grasp on those as spring training is indeed underway. Baseball, summer, spring, America's pastime. Great time of year, if you ask me, or definitely Gabe Burns and baseball fans everywhere. We will be right back on Sandos and the Sidekick. It is Crazy Coach, talking about Mike McCarthy, talking about LeBron James, James talking about everything under the coaching sun on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated healthcare system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we're transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas, and we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has three new hamburgers on the new made-to-crave menu. The barbecue cheeseburger, the sauce and bacon cheeseburger, and the peppercorn mushroom melt. They've got so much swagger, they'll change the way you think about hamburgers and the way you ride through our drive-thru. Maybe you'll lean your seat back a little. Maybe a lot. Maybe you'll roll your windows down. Or maybe your window's broken because you punched through it to get your hamburger faster. Try the three new hamburgers on Wendy's new made-to-crave menu and download the Wendy's app for craveable deals today. At Wendy's, we got you. At participating Wendy's. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Doormart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. 
General Shield is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types designed with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks, but we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. I got 22 excuses, 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. Our red zone defense is like Oprah, like you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. Uh, I got a bunch of mama's boys right now, and uh, we just won't buck up and bow our necks, and we got to get through that. We couldn't do diddly, poo, offensively. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Hello? You play to win the game. I just hope we can win a game. Well, we didn't block. But we made up for it by not tackling. Ben Wallace and Mo Williams fell down more than a baby learning to walk. Oh, yes, it's Thursday, the intro, one of my favorites. It means it's crazy, Coach. I'm sure he's on the road somewhere. And crazy, this is the time of the year where coaches tend to lose their mind, generally speaking, most of the time because uh, there could be the old proverbial hot seat and they're trying to keep their jobs and or they're fighting to get into uh, – or fighting to get a regular season championship. They're working on resumes to get in the NCAA tournament. A lot of things going on in basketball or in the NBA level, which we don't have an NBA clip, but certainly teams fighting to get in the playoffs. This is that time where coaches and the stress level seem to hit an all-time high. Yeah, it's – you know, you get that stupid part come out where uh, you do lose your mind for a couple minutes and then you're like, oh, man, am I going to pay for that? I'm going to pay for it. It happens at every level, um, and uh, it will continue to happen. And with there's so much money involved, you can see it. Like you said, it's uh, you know trying to get in the tournament, trying to save their jobs, trying to get to another level. You know, there's so many reasons, and then there's no there's no uh, no hiding anymore. I mean. 30 years ago, you went off on a referee, you go back in, you know, going back there, you don't have like 50 guys with their cameras. So it's a different level right now. So, but I was listening to, uh, to something and, and this lady was straight 100% on the money. Lady Gaga was <laughs> talking about, talking about social media and she called social media the toilet of the internet. So Lady Gaga is now a favorite of mine. So, because uh, she's right on the money with that. I never thought I'd hear Crazy Coach no. and Lady Gaga no. be on the same page on something. That was not in the top like three or four people, I'd imagine. Three or four hundred, well, hundred people. Thousand. <laughs> yeah. All right, you want to get to the first one? If if she met me, 
Bradley Cooper wouldn't have had a chance. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, good transition by you, or, well, not really a great transition there, but referees and coaches, and a referee got a coach, or the coach got himself in some hot water this week, crazy coach. I think one of the the important things to note as well, uh, the game didn't go like we wanted it to, and it ended up with a tee, my first tee of the year. Uh, So my intention was not for this to be the case. I said what I said back in the tunnel directly. Now, I didn't want it to be public. I didn't say it out on the floor in front of thousands of people. I would, I said it directly to him. Somebody ended up hearing it. You know, okay. That's that's unfortunate, but that's the reality of the situation. Fran McCaffrey, University of Iowa, a profanity-laced tirade at an official in the hall area outside the locker room and the doldrums of their home stadium and he was very upset very unhappy but doesn't really seem to be showing a lot of remorse just as a bit more remorseful that he was caught doing this it doesn't sound like he would change anything about it crazy coach it just sounds like he is upset that there was someone there with a phone using the toilet of the internet to get him in trouble well it's uh like you say you're back in the tunnel and uh, I would say that's really it's bad game management. Um, most times officials are not anywhere near near the coaches running off at the end of the game. There's usually come some kind of different direction. So I don't know the uh, you know the traffic pattern at Iowa, but uh, we all know Franny gets excited. I mean, um, he will go after people. Um, when he thinks that, you know, the team has been wrong. So, and he's fired up. I think they've lost a couple games and they were in the top 20 for a while. So they're right on the, the borderline of the top 20 and having a great seed. So, but again, I, you know, he's 100% wrong on, on doing it. It's like I said, especially with the internet now and everybody, you know, you, you're just walking by, back and, somebody has their phone and you don't even know you have their phone he's got this phone on record he's just holding it by his side and you think you're safe and boom you need need to understand in today's world you're never safe so you got to make sure it's one-on-one and you have uh you know what you know the staffs are getting so big now on college basketball i think we may need to hire somebody that has the you know how they go in the cia and they go through the go through the hotel room to make sure there's no bugs when our when our officials there i think we might need to do that soon well i th- i think uh i don't know if i appreciate the fact that he didn't back down and and say boy I, you know i wish I, because everyone's expect oh, he's already been suspended the big 10 and iowa both came to an agreement two, two games, games. Yep. so that's pretty healthy suspension I, I i think because even if you get kicked out of a game you only get one so, and actually, I think the Big Ten, you set none. I think you can come out and coach the next game. So, to get two, I think, sends a pretty healthy message from both. And the athletic director came out and said, you own it, can own it, and all that stuff. And so, generally, right, the thing to do is you come out there and ready, you mean it. And we all know they don't. They give it to, well, I just regret saying it. And nobody believes it. So, I don't know if I appreciate the fact that he just didn't sort of back off the statement. He was just sorry somebody heard it. But I also wonder, does that show you a little bit of the crazy in McCaffrey because it's very easy just to go in there and take the target off your back because you don't think officials and everybody else in the world that's ever going to do his game knows that that's how he is and now you do not get the benefit of some doubts? 
Well, everybody already knows, so I don't think it's going to change. You got a, he has a history, so who's going to change that history? You know, it's just, that's his temperament. I mean, and it's, it's, uh, luckily it didn't cost him that game, but, uh, now the next two games, the team's looking over there and there's somebody different and it, uh, it takes them out of a comfort zone. And, uh, I don't even know where they sit in the big 10, but I, I think it's in the top four or five, I believe. Well, so, and, and I know the so second, I, I think they got maybe Rutgers the first game, but the second game is Wisconsin. And that's certainly uh, a resume builder there as far as, you know, they're trying to get their net rankings. I think they dropped to 30, 32 in the NET after that game. And so I know they're, you know, you, you'd love to be inside the top 30, especially if you're a power five school. So a chance to play Wisconsin probably gives them an opportunity to climb back up there in that second game. But now he's not going to be there. But then also, crazy coach, I believe uh, conspiracies and such too. What if they go out and they play lights out two games in a row without Coach McCaffrey there? Uh, <laughs> I didn't even look at it that way. Only a media guy would look at it. That <laughs> Dang all right, we do. Yeah, no, I think you're. He's going to be in preparation, um, you know, all the way up to the to when the team. I don't know how the suspension works, though. You know, if he's not allowed in the building, so um, that could that could affect things. But yeah, it could be a great thing for he his staff. His staff. Let's see. One, two. One, two. Maybe all three are former head coaches at Division One. Um, so certainly that helps. Though. So he, yeah, that that's a big help. And I don't know how he'll divide up. He might say, hey, "Look, you coach the game. You 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 know you work on offense. You work on defense. Let's, you know, let's figure this out." So, but uh, yeah, if somebody wins two games, you know the way things are, media and the way ads are. They say, hey, look, this guy won two games. You know, they, they like to go in front of the press conference and win that press conference on the day of the hire. So that could be a bonus for, for the assistants. Iowa is sixth in the Big Ten, 21-7, in the league. Fran McCaffrey is getting absolutely roasted, ripped apart on the toilet of the Internet that is social media. It is incredible to see even Iowa fans, how upset they are. Speaking of conspiracy theories, before we move on, the conspiracy theory that I've seen involves our friend Gary Dolphin. Oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> There's people that think that the Fran McCaffrey suspension was plotted by Iowa to get people's minds off of Gary Dolphin's suspension and then bringing him back. Because Gary Dolphin, this is a whole other story that, that we don't get, need to get into now. We we'll may have it on pros versus jays this coming week but gary dolphin being reinstated after he made some comments uh, about a player uh, that could be if you look at it a certain way racially charged uh though i, I think it was a bit, little bit trumped up but anyway the conspiracies are strong uh do you remember mike mccarthy crazy coach from nfl green bay packers fame yeah he's he's done a uh pretty well he's had a good career yeah he um, well he, apparently he's not done getting out of that coaching mindset and mentality. Now, he was gunning for the New York Jets job. They hired Adam Gase. But at Pulaski High School in Wisconsin, this is not the Pulaski that's around here, Pulaski High School in Wisconsin, he has been going to his stepson's basketball games and berating officials 
from the stands and even following officials around the court using what some termed as inappropriate language that is not allowed in the gym of Pulaski High School. Mike McCarthy can't get out of the mindset and is yelling at referees at his stepson's high school basketball games, crazy coach. Is he out of his mind? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's easy to yell at referees because they, they, when they're repping, they, they never make a good call. <laughs> Because one side, the one side's going to say, hey, that's a good call. The other side, it's a bad call. And, uh, you know, you, I, I don't know how bad it was. I mean, well, I, can, referees can I just read you the quote? High school game. Well, here, here's, here's a quote that they turned in, Crazy Coach, that uh, they just called him the parent. Uh, the parent chose to follow the officials outside of their cars, berating them, <laughs> using questionable language, which is clearly unacceptable under the guidelines of the rule. Right. So wow. he take he take it a step further. Food. He followed not just to the locker room. I didn't know it was he went to, to the, the car. car. I didn't know it was to the car. Went to the car. How about that? Wow. Wow. Now I've wanted to do that when I was coaching to a couple guys, but I was smart enough not to. But um, yeah, that's, you know, it's not going to have any effect on him. I mean, what are they going to do? There's no fine. Uh, they might be able to find the high school or something. but Well, I think they're talking about uh, in, in the regionals, maybe just boring him from coming in the building. Yeah, they could do that and say, hey, you're not allowed to come in. So it's all, you know, people are nuts. Again, 30 years ago, you wouldn't have heard about this, you know. But as I said, Lady Gaga's now my favorite. I might even have to go to the movie. Crazy Coach, I got got one more for you, and it's a little bit off the beaten path, but not outside of the the consciousness of basketball fans. LeBron James was seen, I think in Tuesday's game, giving what some would describe as a lackluster defensive effort. Uh, There was some video that was spliced together about 90 seconds long where he's literally standing 20 feet from shooters, not even trying to close out, just watching the ball in the air go in the basket, not communicating on defense, really outside of what you would usually see from one of the best players of all time. My question is, if you were his coach... What do you say to LeBron James? Can you say anything, or is he at the level of superstardom where you have to keep your mouth shut because you know the sway he has? Well, <laughs> if he was my coach, I'd give me two good more years, and I wouldn't know you guys. So that's, that's <laughs> a good thing. So, <laughs> so, but, or if I was his coach, I mean. But, again, the Internet can take apart things. And you can see things. So I did not see that. So I will, just for you two, you know, I will look at that for next week. And let's, let's do that so I can at least comment on something I see. I okay. don't want to be like the internet, you know. But that's no fun. Uh, guys. <laughs> that's no fun. You know, so the internet, they, they make comments and they never see the game. So I would like to see it, you know, so. Maybe next week I can get a heads up. You can give me a little itinerary like a couple days before. I can do some research, you know. Uh, Come on. Yeah, research overrated. Thanks, Crazy Coach. All right, buddy. We'll see you next week. Have a great day. Things that that Crazy Coach hates. (laughs) Things that Crazy Coach hates. Being cut off. Referees. (laughs) Cutting them off. And the internet.
and yeah. then probably media. In what order do you think? I think Seek, those are the top three. Seek, well, media's one. Don't <laughs> let him fool you. The internet. Yeah, and he hates when you call him the media, which he is now because he refuses to believe <laughs> that he's made that jump. He's probably talking right now, but yeah. I just can't hear him. Yeah. yeah. The other gone. thing we learned, crush on Lady Gaga. Who knew? I hope that one day that comes to a very, uh, very happy ending for Crazy Coach. We're restraining order. All right, here we go. That'll do it. Uh, special guest, uh, Mr. Yes. Special thanks to our Mr. Yes. How about that? Very good. Learned a lot about the Atlanta Braves today. Tomorrow, recaps, previews of the weekend on Sanderson's Sidekick. On the back of there. Sports Network. See ya.